Well, hello and welcome to Loose and Tight Rugby, the rugby podcast with a father and son's view from the front row. A very warm welcome to you today. My name is Ross Mungavin. I am the loose head side. And let me introduce you my dad, Steve Mungavin, the tight head side. Ross, good to speak to you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, Ross, how are the hamstrings doing? You've been out running, haven't you? You Sponsored run for the British Heart Foundation. That's right. I have been out running. The hamstrings are, are doing well. They're tight, as always. Uh, <laughs> I could hear them twanging here, Ross. Taught twang, twang. as two Christmas hams. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's a very good analogy, Ross. Is it not? You know, those are, Christmas hams was, are pretty firm, no? I was thinking well, more like sort of twanging like a guitar string, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, tell us about your uh, British Heart Foundation run. You had a good run? Yeah, it was, it was good. 5K just. Uh, it was around Hampstead Heath. Uh, yeah, I... Well... I won. <laughs> is is the and, short and, end of the story, and, and you came last at the same time. Then, no? <laughs> well, no, because I overtook one other runner, um, oh, right. who was like a sort of seventy-year-old woman, right? Who Ross, was who was how... running in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, tell me how you could possibly win this race. You haven't won a race in your in your life, as far as I can remember. Well, how, I... did you, how could you possibly win this one? Well, actually, I might correct you. You know, you're factually wrong there, Dad, because I was oh, the, I? the joint three thousand meters champion in school. Um, oh, is that is that is that a race where there was only two people in it, or something? Uh, there? No, there was actually three people in it, and uh, you know, me and one <laughs> so other fella. You the medal. <laughs> me and one other fella, you know, had a dead heat across the finish line. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, it is. Um, uh, this one was five thousand meters. Mm-hmm. And uh, started off with like three k uphill, basically yes. like all around the heath. You know, a few yes. bit little undulating bits, but mostly kind of gradient was up. So that was a bit yeah. of a nightmare. But then eventually yeah. you, you turned and came back down the hill, and yeah. uh, just went you know coasting in for the last kilometer. So that was pretty good. But Ross, the, <clears throat> this was because the it was like a park run, wasn't it? Anybody could turn up between the hours of sort of nine and and uh, and, and one o'clock. You know, yes, and, and, and I kind of run. I misjudged the situation. Yeah, I misjudged the situation. I thought it was like nine o'clock start, and like everyone yes. would be there. They'd be like pumping music, like you know, it would all go <laughs> off at the same time. Uh, but it turns out, it it was in fact not that. Um, and I turned up, and the only people who were there were me and the Heart Foundation volunteers, and so. <laughs> You know, they say they they didn't even say go. They just said, right, there's your, you know, map. Uh, just follow <laughs> follow the flags, and uh, we'll see you back here in a wee minute. And I was like, oh, so I just go now. And they're like, yep, off you go. Yeah. So I just sort of strolled off and then started running, and there wow. you go, won the race. I, in fact, you know what? I ran so fast that I got yeah. back before they had finished setting up the course. <laughs> so how do you like that? Hey, eh? you how, will know the next time. Ross. How quick am how- I? How could 400 runners get it so wrong? Well, exactly. You know, they must have all misread the information. I was the only one with a keen eye for detail to see that you were meant to be there at nine o'clock on the money. Yeah. And I well, took home God. the medal as a result. Yeah. You talk about the loneliness of the long distance runner, Ross. Eh? The early bird catches the worm. Yeah. 
Well, well done, well done. And you did it in a respectable time as well. I think you were quite happy with that. And you raised a bit of money as well for That's right. um, cardiac research. Yes, for the British Heart uh, so Foundation. Well done. And, and if any of our um, listeners want to sponsor us still, you can find the link on Facebook, yeah. on, uh, on our Facebook page. So you, I think there's yeah. still time to chuck a bit of money into the pot if you Very want to. Good. And you've got over 200 quid, near 250 quid for that. Yeah, right? I think so including well gift aid, it's about £250. Well done. And if everyone did that, then the uh, British Heart Foundation would be very, very pleased with that. So congratulations. Um, I've not uh, really been participating in, in, in any sport, Ross, but I have been watching a bit of sport. Um, when I was in Scotland, I went to see St Mirren against Hamilton Ackies, that bottom of the Scottish Premiership uh, clash. And uh, St Mirren won 2-0, which... Um, in a scintillating set- match... Oh, it was like pub football, Ross, you know, but but it was a big crowd there. And um, what it taught me was that football, there's an electricity about football that you don't get in rugby. And, and the, the, the fans are so passionate. I mean, it's in the blood, you know, and they, they don't really care about the game. It's the result that's everything because the game was, was pretty hopeless, especially the first half. Uh, second half, it came to light and, and life, and the, the last fifteen minutes, St. Mirren scored two goals, you know, to uh, to win the match, and um, the fans went home happy. You know, they were absolutely delirious, you know, with that result. It kept them in the Premiership, and uh, they actually were in a playoff situation, and they avoided relegation, but they in a playoff situation with Dundee United, who are a well established team in Scotland, and uh, they were seeking to get promoted from the Scottish Championship. And believe it or not, yesterday St Mirren um, won that uh, playoff uh, series, second leg. So they won it two 0 on penalties. So there's great excitement in Paisley. They're staying in the championship in the Scottish Premiership, Ross. So well, as exciting as that is, Dad, I must remind you that this is in fact a rugby podcast, and so far we've spent more time talking about, about other minutes, sports yeah. yeah other sports than we have talking about rugby so i think we should probably bring it back to that now. we should we should it was like this the last time ross and it's not just because there's not much rugby happening there's a lot happening in the rugby <laughs> scene ross isn't there yes we're certainly um, not trying to pad out the podcast <laughs> no 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 there's lots of rugby news ross um what news have you got of rugby ross well i don't know if you've heard about this new development dad rugby x which oh, is right. uh, starting in october is that, sort of, is that is that adult rugby? Is it Ross Rugby X? It, uh, well, no, it's not like naked rugby or anything like that. <laughs> you pick, buff, buff rugby. It's not nothing like that. You big pervert. Um, it's called. I think we played that. Was that we played that at university. I think it was one of my stories. I think wasn't it? Uh, buff rugby or was it buff football? I think it might have been buff football. I, was I don't yeah, know, but I think so. Yeah. Uh, we'll just anyway, you know swiftly move on from that. We'll gloss over that rugby S. It's called. X. Tell us about that rugby Ross. accelerated, right? So they've called it rugby X, and mm-hmm. it's five players on each side, ten minutes of rugby. It's non-stop and it's indoors, right, on a smaller pitch than usual. There's no lineouts. Yeah. There's no scrums. Um, it, the game just restarts with a, a kicking or a tap off. And yeah. um, is there kicking, Ross? Can you kick, or is it just uh, handling? Is it? Um, I reckon you probably can kick like a little kind of chip over the top, but it's yeah. mainly about running rugby. You know, it's to, yeah. It's, yeah. it's to strip away all of the the complicated rules and just get back yeah. to basics. You know. That None of the sort good. of tactical rugby or anything like that. Just run, sounds score good. tries, make tackles, that kind of thing. The reason rugby was invented, yeah. Very good. Indeed, you know, and it seems to be like it'll be quite a big competition, you know, like they've 
like the RFU are backing it. Uh, the RFU are backing it. French Federation of Rugby, Argentina, mm-hmm. USA, they're all in there. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, what, what's the status? What's the status of rugby X Ross? Is it is it being played now or what? What's, what's happening? Well, no. As I mentioned, it's kicking off in October, so it's October, coming coming right. October twenty nineteen, mm. and it's going to be played indoors in the new two arena in uh, in is. London. Well, maybe loose and tight rugby will have <coughs> a presence there, Ross. You know, we can report direct from um, from the O two arena in London about rugby X. Yep. You know, we can have boots on the ground. Sounds good, yeah. Listen, locally here, Ross, a couple of items of news. The Schools Cup competition, which is uh, we've, we've said many times uh, in previous podcasts, is a massive competition in Ulster. The Schools Cup has got a new format for this season, so that's just been launched now. Um, basically, teams are split, or they're seeded, into, um, into four tiers. Tiers one to four, and... Uh, according to, to form, and your old school, Belfast High School, is in Tier 3. And there's a, a like a, a league format or a group format, Ross, for uh, teams in Tiers 2 and 3. So they play in uh, groups of four teams. And uh, the top two then go through to a knockout stage. So a slightly different format to the school's cup, Ross. So that should be interesting for the upcoming season. Okay, yeah, that does sound interesting. It'll be good to see how that plays out. Um, yeah. So do the, yeah. the Tier 1 teams don't have to play each other before the knockout stage, do they? No, they, 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 they join at the knockout stage. So. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, well, I, I, would, I mean, I think I would quite like to see those teams playing each other before the knockout stage because, you know, okay, they've performed better in the league, but you're essentially saying, yeah. right, we're, we're not going to make it difficult for these teams to win. You know, whereas mm. other teams, you know, smaller teams, are mm. uh, they have to play, they have to fight to get into the knockout stages. You know, well they do, they do, Ross. But I, I guess it, it, it does give greater opportunity. You know, so it's not just reliant on one match to get through to the, the sort of the quarterfinals or the last six. Well, no, I do, I do like that. Yeah. I do like that aspect yeah. of it. But I think yeah. I would like it if, if the bigger teams had to do the same thing, so that there's more of yeah. a chance that some of the bigger yeah, teams will sure. get knocked out before. The, the, yeah. the, the knockout stages ah, the final stages yeah. 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 yeah 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 well fair enough but let's see how it how it pans out yeah um, I think it, on the whole it seems like a good change yeah yeah and changes at your old club as well Ross uh, new director of rugby has been appointed Clem Boyd who I think coached you when you joined in Stonians that's right I, I mean he was the, the coach when I was first there as sort of director of rugby uh, when mm-hmm. I first yeah. played at Stonians yeah. Yeah, well, it's still to appoint a head coach, you know, which will be the the sort of lead coach for the first team. Okay. Um, uh, so that that is still to be announced, and uh, I think as we've said before, Estonians have made some big announcements in the past, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next uh, the next few weeks. Yeah. And uh, Richard McCarthy, uh, who you've played with, who's uh, out half this season, he's the club captain. Uh, so congratulations to Richard. Um, Ross, he's the club captain. It doesn't necessarily mean to say that you'll be the first team captain, but uh, uh, it's a great honour for him to uh, captain the Estonians club. Yes, so well indeed. done to Richard. Yeah, um, yeah. And according to um, to the powers that be in, in Estonians, um, they've got a lot of players uh, added to their senior squad. They've got some new recruits. They've got some guys who are returning to. 
Estonians. Um, 18 additional uh, members have signed up, uh, playing members uh, for the senior squad. Uh, and then, of course, they've got, uh, they'll have some school leavers and some under-18 players as well that will be going forward. Um, and there's a couple of players who have left the club. I don't know who they are, but uh, it looks as though there's a lot of new guys joining the, uh, joining the team. Yeah, that's, it sounds like they've got enough to start a whole new team. Well, it's a long season, Ross, as we know, and uh, you need a big squad. You know, you do need to be able to, you know, when you're competing in sort of two or three tournaments, you know, it's um, it's a long season. You do yeah, require a, right. a big squad. I suppose that the, there is a, the, the, there is a great benefit in attracting new players, but at the same time, you do want some continuity as well, don't you? Yes. You want to get a balance between um, consistency and and renewal. Um, yes. So the danger is you just get a load of new guys in and um, they haven't played together. It might take a little time, a little while to settle down. Yep. But all sounds positive at, uh, at your old club, Ross. Indeed. Well, Dad, mm. did you watch any of the Pro 14 rugby at the weekend? It was the final. Your team I were did. playing. I did, actually, yes. Yeah, Park. yeah. Yeah, I, I refuse to subscribe to Premier Sport because I've already got, you know, subscribing to Sky and to BT. Um, so your mum and I went down to the local local bar, and it was on down there. So we watched it in White Abbey, in um, a bar called the Bureau. So give it a little plug, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a good, it was a tight game, Ross. I must say it was very tight. Eighteen fifteen, Leinster won. I think um, overall, Ross. I think. You know, you look over the 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 league program and the season. I think Leinster were the best team in the league. So, in a sense, I'm I'm sort of glad that Leinster won. My my um, my head was telling me that Leinster would win that. My heart was obviously with Glasgow. I was hoping that uh, Glasgow would win that, um, especially for Stuart Hogg being his last game there. But um, it just seemed to be uh, a, a sort of game too far for um, Glasgow, and they they. Uh, narrowly lost that one but very tight game Ross very close yeah it was a game of fine margins wasn't it no I didn't see it I just caught the highlights there yeah Um, because as you were saying Premier Sports is uh, total rubbish and uh, (laughs) of of course I have heard that as well my opinion you know but uh, but Glasgow did well to get into the final and then cancelled it yeah Glasgow did well I mean that, that win over Ulster was a pretty comprehensive win Ross it would be remiss of me not to mention that. Well, indeed. I mean, they absolutely host Ulster in the semi-final, didn't they? It was like 50, 50 points, points to 30. 20. Yeah, yeah. 20 and, to and those, 50 points to 20, wasn't it? Yeah, but those... those. I mean, Ulster got a couple of late consolation tries, you know, so it was a pretty comprehensive win for Glasgow uh, against Ulster. But anyway, look, that's all history now, Ross. You know, we've just got to look forward to, to next season. Well, indeed, and maybe next mm. season is the one that Glasgow can do it, because they've been pipped in the final a couple of times now. Scarlets did them last year, didn't they? Uh, no, Scarlets were uh, in the final with Leinster. Um, oh, I see. Oh, well. I think, oh, that might be that might be the year before that, Ross. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't watched much rugby, but I have been reading a bit about rugby. Ross, I'm actually reading a book called The Grudge. Um, which is written by uh, Tom English, who's the BBC Scotland sport chief sports writer, and used to write for the Sunday Times. Actually, he used to cover Irish rugby in that. 
The Grudge is a book about the Scotland-England game in 1990. All right. And, uh, I'm about halfway through it, Ross, and it's... Uh, it's it, so far. It's sort of setting the context. You know, it's the context of the um, the coaching set up with uh, Jim Telfer and Ian McGeehan. You know, coaching the Scotland team, and he talks about the England squad. And and uh, at that time, Will Carling, you know, was just twenty two years old, he, and he was made captain of the team uh, ahead of Brian Moore. Brian Moore was expecting to to get the captaincy of the England team, but um, he was overlooked in favour of Will Carling. So it gives you quite a good insight into some of those uh, issues. And it's also, it's a, it's a bit political as well, because it, it talks about the anti-English um, uh, sentiment in Scotland as a result of the sort of de-industrialisation of Scotland by uh, the politicians, mainly Margaret Thatcher. So, uh, and the resentment then of um, Scotland against uh, anything English so it's kind of building up you know setting the context for this game and uh, so I'll report on that in the next podcast Ross when I finish that book yeah it sounds, sounds like a good it's a nice read. easy read yep. yeah it's a nice easy gentle read and uh, I was I was in Edinburgh then Ross I, 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 I travelled over from Northern Ireland to go to Edinburgh uh, didn't get a ticket for the game but I ended up watching it in the Roseburn Bar which is just outside Murrayfield um, so it was like standing on the, the terracing of the point watching the game. Um, but some atmosphere in Edinburgh, uh, I can tell you at that time, it was good. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, more on that in the next podcast when I finish the book. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that, Dad. Mm. So what about uh, our Saints and Sinners feature, Ross, uh, this week? Well, there's a few fellas that uh, that we could mention. You know, like uh, we'd mentioned some of the rugby, the Ulster rugby guys before. Yeah, guys that are retiring now. The yes. end of the season now. Rory Best and Darren Cave. Rory Best, thirty six years old, Ross. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Right. And he's 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 obviously um, he's going to be in the squad for the Ireland uh, um, team. You know, in the in the World Cup. Yes. Um, but uh, that's him finished now for, for Ulster. Yeah, well, he brings Incredible. a lot to the team in terms of leadership. So he's a guy that you always want to have around you. you know? Do you know when he made his debut, Ross, for Ulster? Um, no, but I sense that you're about to tell me. It's two, 2004. Is that right? So he's been so playing 15 years ago. professional rugby for 15 years. Which 15 is, years he's been playing for his club, which is quite amazing. He's like 219 games. And he's a, a one-club man as well, which is good. Yeah. You, know, you don't get that very often now. Yeah, he's been a Lions tourist twice and 116 caps for Ireland as well. Yes. Quite amazing, isn't it? Absolute warrior. So he's Two Grand guy. Slams, yeah. four Six Nations champions. Quite, that's quite an amazing uh, record, I think. For a guy, Ross, who... He's not a bad player, you know... And so his aspects of his game are pretty good, but he's quite inconsistent at times. And okay, he might be a good captain and leader on the pitch, but I wouldn't say he's been Ireland's best hooker, to be honest. Um, well, I know he struggled with his, his line out throwing on the Lions tour yeah, and things like that. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think he's he's really good in the loose, you know, yeah. and defensively. He's excellent. Like his tackling is brilliant. That's true. Yeah. And he often uh, wins turnovers at key moments in the game. Yeah. So he's a, he's a guy yeah. you want to have around under pressure, you know. Mm-hmm. But you had someone else you wanted to suggest for. Well, another guy. Of... No, I think I think um, oh, oh, I think all the all everyone who's retiring from rugby, Ross. I think we should make them saints. But 
obviously those two guys, Darren Cave and Rory Best sort of stand out locally in Ulster, but also George Smith Ross, who's an Australian uh, ex-Wallaby. Um, he's had 111 caps for Australia. He's 38 years old, and he's he just played his last game for Bristol. And yeah. uh, I mean that that's a tremendous um, achievement, isn't it, to to be playing professional rugby at that level? And I was English reading Premiership at thirty eight years old. I was reading from some of the other Bristol players that even in his last week as a professional rugby mm. player, like after yeah. training, he was still doing like fitness extras and skills like skills extras, you know, practicing his lineouts yeah. a bit more. Um, just to make sure that he finished well, mm, you know, yeah. and that's the kind of professional mm. attitude you need in a player, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think that's outstanding. So, Ross, let's uh, let's toast all those guys who are retiring from rugby at the end of the season, Indeed. including George Smith and those those other guys. Have you got something to toast with, Ross? Are you having a beverage or? Um, well, I'm not actually. Uh, no, I don't have anything in the house. You know, I've no no whiskey oh, really? or anything left. Oh, exhausted right. all oh, the gosh. supplies. So. You oh, know, I need, need need you to sponsor me on that front again. You need to replenish your stocks, then, Ross. Yeah, yeah I think need so. to have a better. You need to have a better two that I can lose. So that, um... <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay. Listen on the uh, the sinner side, Ross. I wondered about um, the news uh, in the last week or two. Nova Scotia School Athletic Federation announced an end to high school rugby. They tried to cut the season <coughs> short, Ross. Well, did they try to actually ban rugby, or did they just try and take the contact out of rugby? No, no, no. They they, they want they wanted to to end the season, so they wanted just to stop playing, um, because kids were getting hurt. That is ridiculous, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, there was, as you can imagine, there was a bit of a backlash <coughs> to that, and it resulted in fixtures being reinstated. Yes. So sco- schools and parents. So this is obviously the governing body in that part of Canada who yeah. tried to stop uh, rugby being played because of um, because of people getting hurt. Um, now we don't want to diminish, you know, the importance of player safety, and um, you know we don't want to see anybody getting injured. Yes. But uh, that's a bit heavy-handed, Ross, isn't it? When you start banning things, to be fair, you know, it's not I, good, I, is it? I think that sounds like a decision has been taken without any recourse to players or yes. parents yeah. or schools yeah. or coaches or anyone who's actually played rugby. You know, it sounds yeah. like people who've never played a contact sport or maybe even a team sport, yeah, have just made this decision. Right? Yeah, people are getting hurt. Rugby is the co- seems to be the cause. Let's just yeah. ban rugby. Let's stop rugby yeah. from happening. You know? That's right. Yeah, it's the bureaucrats, Ross, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. That's and a terrible Politicians decision. or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's been overturned, Ross. Um, this issue has to be dealt with, though. I mean, I know we've discussed this before, and you know, some academics have, have tried to, um, uh, you know, propose that rugby is is banned. But um, so we've been critical of that in the past, and. Uh, I'm afraid Nova Scotia School Athletic Federation, you got it wrong. So um, you're in our sin bin uh, this week. And uh, thanks to um, Bobby Orr, it was, Ross, who drew this to my attention. So a big thank you to uh, to Bobby Orr, uh, who used to go to the same school as me. So, Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I heard from him and he, um, he was telling me about this band. He lives in Canada, you see, so... A bit of local news there from Bobby, so thank you for that. Um, but Ross, the season isn't quite over yet. There's still 
the Premiership final to come along. And, of course, uh, one of your favourite teams, Saracens, is in the final again. That's right. They could do it's the, this weekend. The they could do this Europe Saturday, isn't and it? the Premiership. Yeah. That's right. And Exeter mm-hmm. against Exeter, who are in their fourth Premiership final in a row. Exeter beat, beat Northampton 42-12, so they won by 30 points. That was a good, solid win. And similarly, Saracens beat Gloucester 44-19 yes. in the semi-finals last weekend. So uh, that will be a cracking final, Ross. Yeah, it will be. I this mean, weekend. The, the two giants of English rugby at the moment. Yeah. You know. yeah, and I suppose it is good you know, to see the top two teams competing you know, for the Premiership. Um, as as you know, I've said before in this podcast, Ross. You know, when you're sort of fourth or fifth or whatever in the in the league, and suddenly you've got a chance to to win it, it just doesn't it just doesn't sit comfortably with me. Um, so, um, yeah, we are going to get one of the top two teams in England uh, winning that one. So we'll we'll uh, we'll watch that one closely, Ross. You're hoping for a Saracens win? Yeah, I mean, if, between Saracens and Chiefs, I have more. Uh, allegiance to Saracens playing for the amateur side of the club, you know. So, yes, I would like yeah. to see them them take home a bit more silverware. Yeah, yeah. I I I just think the, the strength and depth they have, Ross. You know, will will prevail. Um, could you see Exeter winning? Well, my not? my only worry is you know what will happen to Alex Good if he uh, if Saracens do win. Because <laughs> you, know, you know he went on this massive bender after the. I didn't know this, Ross. No, this was celebrating the European The European uh, final. Cup, he basically he went out on the smash, full kit, yeah. boots, gum shield, strapping, everything, um, for three days after the <laughs> one year. <laughs> really? Yes. He didn't even have a shower or anything. No, no just shower like straight after the out game. on the lash. Yeah. Straight on it, you know. My word. Yep. So yeah. you know, just keep an eye out for Alex Good if, if <laughs> they do win. <laughs> Uh, because he might get himself into trouble. All right. Well, Ross, that leads nicely into um, in one, into one of Steve's stories. Uh, this is the feature where I kind of try to remember uh, a rugby anecdote from my past. And uh, it's getting harder now, Ross, Doug, because it's, it's so long ago. You well, know, like you get it every year. You know, the past gets a little bit darker. <laughs> it does, and it's not like there's a pipeline of new stories coming through, Ross. You know, because. Uh, <laughs> Those are those glory days are are in the past now, but uh, uh, and as well as that, Ross, I I have I have given I think about twenty nine, uh, twenty eight, twenty seven or twenty eight stories um, uh, in this series of podcasts this year. So uh, yeah, I do have to I do have to stretch my mind a little bit to to to, to remind them, but to remember them. But um, I was reminded of um, uh, of of one anecdote by. Um, a guy I played rugby with, a good friend of mine played rugby with at uh, Stirling University, Steve Craig. And uh, he reminded me, Ross, of an episode where we were playing away. And you know, when you're playing away uh, in, in a kind of distant place, Ross, you get a team bus, don't you? And, you, and, and you'll travel, you'll get on the bus and then go yep, and play the game down. and the bus, the bus brings you home. Have you ever been in a situation, Ross, where the, one of the players... Uh, has had to drive the bus home because the the bus driver has uh, has, has had too much to drink and is uh, basically pished. Uh, uh, no, I don't think I have. I mean, I've been in some pretty ropey situations on buses. 
uh, but never one where the bus driver has been partaking of. Well, of Stevie the brew. reminded me when I was a student, this bus driver. To, I, I can't even remember where it was, Ross, but he took us was to he, a game. Was he like a member of the club? Was he a coach no, or something? No, 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 no. This was a professional bus driver, you know. And uh, <laughs> I think he, I hope he for not had, too much longer after this incident. He just he just imbibed too much, you know, in the way clubhouse, <laughs> and um, and and Stevie uh, ended up volunteering to drive the bus home. Now I, I, I assume that Stevie was um, a bit more sober and a bit less inebriated than the bus driver was, but I'm I'm not actually convinced that Stevie was stone cold sober uh, either. <laughs> Maybe he was just but, the lesser of two evils. You well, know? that's that's what I'm saying, Ross. Yeah, he was just sort of less pished than the bus driver was. <laughs> Um, but fortunately, Stevie did uh, during the summer holidays. He did drive a a laundry van um, for Abbey Craig Laundry, and uh, so he used to drive around. So Stirling he, he was he was used van. to driving the larger vehicles. So he, he he was yeah. I'm not sure he was used to driving a forty four seater coach, uh, but certainly he'd driven vans in the past, Ross. And he drove us home after a rugby match. There you go. Um, and did everyone I get home in one piece? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as far as I, as far as I remember, yeah, yeah, everyone got back, and he did a good job. I'm not quite sure how the bus driver got the bus back to the depot. Maybe he'd sobered up by that stage, but uh, maybe he just sort um, of slept it off in knows? the back. Yeah, who knows, Ross? Um, I don't think you you get things like that happening nowadays, though, eh? No, I don't think the the professional bus drivers would be up to <laughs> no good in that in that way. Oh, somebody would take a claim against them, you know, for uh, well, exactly for doing that. Yeah, but uh, no, those days the uh, drink driving rules, I think, were pretty lax, Ross. Well, yeah, it used to be you'd sort of go to rugby training and then have four pints afterwards, and then drive home, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, uh, I don't think I ever did that, Ross. But um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure that kind of thing um, went on. Certainly, yeah. Uh, anyway, if anyone's tempted to do that just now, um, please don't. You know, we, uh, <laughs> or we don't if, want to take too many risks. Or if anyone would like to confess to having done that, then yes. you, you, we, you know, we will listen, and there'll be no judgment. It'll be fine. You know, you can yeah. send in your your confessions to uh, loosentype13 at gmail dot com. You can get in touch on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can leave us a comment on SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. And certainly won't report you to any authorities if you. <laughs> all, all confessions will be treated with the utmost confidence. Yeah, your secret is safe with us. Here, Ross. <laughs> it sounds like you're becoming an agony aunt, Dad. <laughs> well, you're probably right in both things there, Ross. Yeah, agony and uh, and old aunt as well. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Dad, until next Listen, time. Have a good week, buddy. All the best. <laughs>